So I'm going to preach to you guys today, and um, we're preaching on John the Baptist and his testimony, what he says about Jesus, okay? So we're going to look in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, if you could turn there in your Bibles, okay? Just for a bit of context, um, the Gospel of John, um, you know, each of the Gospels has a kind of a theme or a way it portrays Jesus, and the Gospel of John portrays Jesus as the Son of God, okay? Um, very important doctrine, of course, and um, right through it, you'll see, um, you know, um, I guess if you if you say all the Gospels, um, the book of Matthew is said to be written to the Jews, and from a Jewish point of view, and it has all those details that are important, um, especially coming from a Jewish point of view, okay, and then Mark, Mark is, um, I think that's the, uh, the son of man, and uh, um, uh, Mark is very action-oriented, and um, uh, it always says immediately, or um, all, all these words that are very, um, uh, very to the point and brief. Okay, and then Luke is said to be written unto the Gentiles, and um, what do you know? Uh, Luke is uh, definitely one of my favorite gospels, um, if not John as well, obviously. But um, I just enjoy when I'm reading through the book of Luke. Um, it has um, many great references and um, things that Luke tells us about Jesus. But um, then we get to the Gospel of John. And um, in um, the previous, I guess, uh, chapters and verses coming up to this section, um, Jesus has just departed um, from Jerusalem from the Passover feast. Okay, And before that was um, the marriage feast of Canaan when he did his first miracle. Um, and then just in this chapter 3 here, he's after having someone visit him by night. And that man's name was Nicodemus, a Pharisee. And uh, he comes and questions him because he says, and there's, there's no one that can do these miracles except God be with him. And he, he, he wanted to ask him questions. And Jesus gave him the gospel. He, in a sense, he, he told him about his need to be born again. And we all know that um, very... Uh, um, well-used or well-known verse, uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And then he was saying that to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, And this is the background for where we come to um, Gospel of John 3, verse 22. Okay, So we'll read that here. Um, I'll pray first. Father, thank you, Lord, that we get to meet together, um, albeit virtually, Lord. Um, it's the best that we could do right now, Lord. And um, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you open your word unto us. Give us understanding, Lord. I pray that our, our hearts, Lord, and our eyes and our ears wouldn't be waxed gross, Lord. Wouldn't be full, full of the world and full of other things, full of the cares of this world. Um, that the truths that we could learn here this morning will be choked out, Lord. So I pray that you would help us Help us to um, just quiet our minds, says Martha, Lord, and just to sit down, um, Mary and Martha, Lord, um, just to sit down at your feet, Lord, and um, teach us, Father, um, we need to hear what you have to say, Lord. So I pray that you would bless our time in your word, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so John 3.22 says, After these things, after those things that I just mentioned in the introduction, came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them, 
and baptized. Okay, so you have Jesus baptizing here. So evidently, he's already been manifest. You know, um, um, John has already baptized him, um, we'll say. Okay, and um, he's now somewhere else, and he's already got disciples. Um, um, Peter and, and um, Andrew and things like that. And he's, he's there with them, and his disciples are baptizing where does it say? In the land of Judea. Okay? So this baptism, it's not the same baptism as the New Testament baptism that believers um, receive after they get saved. Okay? This is called, um, well, the Bible calls it the baptism of repentance. And you'll see that here if you turn back to Luke chapter 3. So turn there, Luke chapter 3. You see what the Bible calls the baptism of repentance. Okay? So um, in Luke 3, it's, it's introducing um, John the Baptist here. And in um, verse 3, it's saying, And he, John the Baptist, came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Okay? So John the Baptist, you know, we know, hopefully you know, that he's, he was the forerunner of Christ. And he was, uh, I'll go into it later, he was there um, to prepare the people unto the revealing of the Messiah, okay? And um, so he was preaching specifically to the Jews, okay? And he was preaching that they would bring forth fruits, meat for their repentance, that they would um, turn away from their religiousness, okay? You, you, you'll read later in the Gospel of John that he challenges, Jesus challenges the Jews saying, don't trust that you have your father Abraham. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to get you into heaven just because you're of the seed of Abraham, okay? You need something else, all right? Just because you're circumcised physically doesn't mean, like as we learn later in, in, in the Bible, doesn't mean you're circumcised in your heart, okay? So what John was, was preaching unto them was to leave their religiousness, to leave their own righteousness, and to come to God humbly, knowing that you need him alone and, and what he can do, not your own works or your own heritage and things like that. And... Um, he was challenging them to show their change of heart through a baptism of repentance, okay? That they would get baptized um, testifying that they were going to trust in the Messiah to come, okay? So the baptism itself isn't giving remission of sins. That can become confusing, all right? But it was specifically for the Jews that um, this was for, okay? Um, and we, we, you can read that later, like in Romans 1, it says, you know, Paul says he came to the Jew first, then to the Gentile, all right? The gospel was given to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, all right? And um, if you're still in John 3, I suppose you should hold there because we'll keep coming back to that. But um, I mentioned there that it was um, pre preparation, the, the baptism of repentance in particular was preparation for the revealing of the Messiah. And we read that in John 1, all right, that this is, Another uh, testimony of John the Baptist here, John 1 verse 31 says, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come, baptizing with water. Okay, so this baptism and John's ministry was um, that the, ma the Messiah would be made manifest or be revealed. Okay, and also it, it cleared the path or, it, you know, re repentance... Um, repentance, Charles Spurgeon describes repentance as um, like a needle, okay? A 
and he says repentance is um, a needle that pierces the heart that allows then for the thread of the gospel to enter into the heart of the, the sinner okay so um, here this repentance was was clearing any obstruction um, it was a one step where they would be more or less ready to be saved okay and um, if you go back to Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40 here it's it's talking about John the Baptist again okay Isaiah 40 um, and verse 3 okay we'll go from verse 3 because um, um, we know that John the Baptist said he was himself the voice of one crying in the wilderness so here in Isaiah 40 verse 3 it says the voice of him that cried in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain there's a good song there Handel's Messiah and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed all right well, I'm gonna stop there um, so here you see the, the humble lifted up every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low so the proud are brought down and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain so you know that's where preachers get their statements um, the ground is level at the cross <laughs> so everyone has to come to that one place um, to be saved all right so that's Jesus baptizing okay and we'll push on here verse 23 uh, let me get back here to John 3 well, it says it here um, and John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized okay so um, what you find here basically is Jesus is baptizing and John is baptizing um, with his disciples in, in a different place and um, we don't know exactly where Anon is um, but I'm sure there's an archaeologist that will figure that out in time to come okay so Jesus was about his father father's business and so was John okay and as I described there um, John you know he, his father's business was to be a witness okay um, I'm reading this from John 1 verse 7 the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe okay so John came for a witness and he was sent to baptize like I already explained the baptism of repentance there um, and he says in John 1 33 he's talking about Jesus and I knew him not because he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost okay and um, you know John's purpose is the same as even the Apostle John's purpose and should be the same as our purpose as Christians and um, that all men through Jesus might believe that all men through him might believe okay um, and then there's one last point here in the background for John was not yet cast into prison okay so um, this is a high point for uh, John you know he's he's had people come um, from near and far to hear his preaching and to, to be baptized um, unto the coming Messiah 
And, um, but it wasn't going to be all rosy. You know, the Bible says, for all that should live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Okay, so um, we know later on he does get a little discouraged and, and he's in prison. And, um, but he fulfilled his purpose. And he, you know, he could say he finished his course with joy to a point because he, um, he fulfilled the ministry which, which God sent him forth to do. And that, that's, um, that's a wonderful thing. And um, hopefully we could all have that testimony when it comes for our time to meet God. Okay, so there's a background here. And we'll move along. So we're still in John 3, and we're moving on to verse 25. And um, I'll read it here. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Okay, so you know, when you get to um, religious matters, when you get even to in, into your Bible, there'll always there'll always be questions, okay? Um, and it's good to study out a question, okay? It's an honorable thing, not to just say, oh, I don't know, you know, um, you know, it's the glory of kings, it says in Proverbs, to, to find out a matter. But um, we all, a lot of the time, when we come to questions and answers, people will turn and mention Acts, uh, 17 verse 11 okay so if you could turn there Acts 17 11 but it says these were more noble than those in Thessalonica or Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so okay these were people from Berea that um, Paul and Paul and Silas um, uh, met okay and um, we, we ought to be like that. A lot, a lot of times, you know, we, we would say, you know, we don't know about a particular doctrine or we're not sure about the answer to this thing. But if, if we had the motivation to get into God's word and look it up, you'd be surprised what we would learn, okay? So um, the Jews and John's disciples started a debate about purifying, okay? Um, I won't get too deep into that, but, um, you know, they, they were ready to give it an answer. Um, and they evidently did. <laughs> Um, and the Bible says in um, 1 Peter 3, I'm turning here right now, um, 1 Peter 3:15. but sanctify, set apart, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Okay, so the Bible tells us to be ready to give an answer, just like John's disciples were here. Um, they had an answer about why they were going about um, this purifying ceremony, let's say you want to call it the baptism of repentance. And they answered um, the Jews that had come to question them. Okay? And a lot of times maybe we might have fear when someone asks us a, a Bible question or something, you know, um, uh, something that's a very wordy, like, you know, um, I come from a Catholic background before I got saved and you know someone might ask about like transubstantiation or some big word like that or you know um, everybody's into the end times now and they call that eschatology or whatever and um, it, it sounds all really technical but uh, once you start getting into it the pieces start fitting where they fit and um, uh, it gets easier and easier to talk about and to tell people and we don't need to be worried that we're misleading people but we need to encourage them to also be Bereans like I mentioned in Acts 17:11, and to study it out for yourself. Look, this is what I've come up with from my study. 
look in the Bible and see if you can see that for yourself, okay? Because um, you don't need to be following man's word about any of these sort of things. We need to, that's why we're called Bible believers, because what we believe, we get from the Bible and we can point to it in the Bible, okay? Um, so let's push on from there. I'm back in uh, John 3. So, uh, you know, after, after you start talking um, to people about the Bible or about Jesus, or after you start studying for yourself, um, you'll find that as you go to seek to answer your own questions, um, more questions will come up. Or as you go to seek to answer people's questions, um, those answers minister more questions, okay? So we'll find that here, um, uh, John three twenty six, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. Okay, so um, we don't know whether, you know, the, the Jews challenged John's disciples and said, well, if you've got this baptism and this was given to John the Baptist, why is Jesus also baptizing? We don't know in what context that the, the question came up, but um, they go back to John the Baptist and um, they say, look, Jesus is baptizing too, the, the guy that you baptized. <laughs> and um, the guy that you spoke about saying, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Um, so we don't, um, you, you could kind of get a sense like, I don't know, when I read it, I, I get the sense that, um, you know, he's saying like, the, the disciples are saying to John, like Jesus was with us. And we thought Jesus was also, let's say, a follower of us um, or a follower of you. And now, he's gone away and everyone's going to him <laughs> and getting baptized like you know maybe he's baptizing more than we're baptizing or some kind of you know kind of a pride thing like that okay um so john will have an answer for for him for them about that okay but um you know i'll just mention a few things you know they're asking can he do that you know possibly um asking, can he do that? You know, is he just a copycat or a religious fraud kind of um, thing, okay? And, um, you know, that, that's not a bad thing to question, okay? Because the Bible says in 1 John 4 that there are many false prophets gone out into the world. And, and when we s hear certain things that are said maybe about the Bible or when, um, um, you know, there are different um, preachers out there, okay? The, you know, they need to be, there needs to be a certain level of trust that we know that they're operating from the Bible. And this is the danger of YouTube and things like that. Um, I, I, you know, I love YouTube and I love the fact that um, you could get all sorts of information on there, okay? But um, we need to do, do need to be careful who we start, um, who we are listening to, I guess. And uh, just to make sure that these people are on the ball, you need to always have your Bible with you, okay? And um, we don't need to have all these like meaty answers all the time or to look up these really difficult um, you know, um, Bible problems. The Bible, the Bible teaches us to be established with grace first, okay? So we need, that's why we have something called discipleship that we work to. Pastor has a book we've just printed out and it's available on Amazon and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's to teach the, the, the first principles is what it's called um, and to teach you, to get you grounded in those foundational truths so that when you reach out and do those other things, you won't, um, you have a foundation to, to stand on and that you won't get um, knocked off your feet, or like when a commentary guy used to say, you, you don't break your spiritual neck on some of these truths that are hard to understand, okay? 
Um, okay, so um, basically the disciples are asking, yeah, perhaps does Jesus have the authority to do this sort of thing? Did you tell him that he could do that or something like that? So let's read on. This is John the Baptist's answer. And we'll read a verse here, verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Um, I'll read, I'll read um, up to 30 just for the moment. We'll come back. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Okay? So, um, let's go back over that a little bit. Verse 27. Um, this is what, um, we're just kind of into the meat of the message here. This is what John the Baptist says about Jesus, his testimony of Jesus. Okay? Um, and he says, I was given this authority by God. Okay? So, <coughs> he says, a man can receive nothing in verse 27 except it be given him from heaven. Okay? So, he's not saying that um, I'm here to be the most popular person. I'm, um, that only what I say goes or these kind of things. Okay? He says, I'm just doing the job that I was sent to do. Um, and uh, um, uh, I'm just obeying simply. Okay? So I will say this, I say there is no room for pride in God's service. And John the Baptist definitely didn't have that problem at this point. Um, when we, when you and I are serving God, um, we ought to, to guard against pride, okay? It's, it's a privilege if you have a place to help or to serve or to minister in the church. It's a privilege that you've received from God to be able to serve him, okay? And everyone's received the ability, not, not just them, um, I'm not just talking about things that we do here in the church like, you know, tidying up or um, the music ministry or as I'm looking around, these kind of things. Um, but we've been, you know, Jesus says freely we have received, freely give. We, we've all received a ministry. Like if you tell someone else about the gospel, they might accuse you of being, you know, um, all righteous and, you know, pe what do people say, being judgmental and things like that, okay? But, um, you know, as, as long as we're not coming from a holier-than-thou attitude and we're saying, you know, we're preaching to them in love and we're telling them they need to be saved, for their own good, not just because we want to be right or win an argument or something like that, okay? Um, and, and we're under authority of God and we know our place, that's, that's where we need to be, okay? Um, we're not any more special than anybody else and John the Baptist isn't lifting, lifting himself up even above his disciples. He's just saying, this is like the place I'm given, like the way we would be given a place in the body of Christ. And um, it says in Luke 17, 10, so likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Okay? So even when we're doing anything and we feel like we're getting on well with that, it's the least that we can do, really, is what the Bible is saying here. Okay? So John answers and says, he was given this authority by God, and he says, I'm not the Messiah. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not the one that, that, um, that this is about. It's not about me. Um, I know my place. Okay, um, do we read that there in verse 28? Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. 
So he knows that God just called him to do that one thing and God could have called a different person per se, okay? You know, uh, um, if you look in, in the, around in the Bible, you see that God could just as easily use a donkey, <laughs> all right? Um, you find that in Numbers 22. Or he can use trees. You know, it says in Isaiah 55 that the trees shall clap their hands. They're worshipping, they're lifting God up. Um, they're giving him the glory due to his name, okay? And um, it says in Luke 19, Jesus is, um, I think that's the triumphal entry where Jesus comes in on um, the, the colt, the foal of an ass. And it says in Luke 19:40, if you want to turn there, I'm just going to read it out. And uh, Luke 19:40 says, And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the people who were crying Hosanna, okay, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Okay, so these people were giving glory to God, and God was accepting that, but um, and that was fine. But Jesus said, if, if they didn't do it, the stones could do it. Okay, God can use anyone. Okay, and you're not too far away from God to be used. All right, God even uses unsaved people like Pharaoh. Okay, so um, uh, basically all I'm trying to say is, you know, like First Corinthians 10:31 says, um, wherefore whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God, okay? So um, we're his people, and we're, all we're doing is we're lifting him up, and it's about, it's about him, okay? It's not about us. Um, so this is, um, again, part of John's answer and his attitude, all right? So he says, I'm like the best man at the wedding. In uh, 39, it says, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Okay. So the same way the best man is glad for the groom getting married, John is saying here, I'm just glad to see Jesus finally come into this world. Um, he says it makes me rejoice. Um, just like when um, he leapt in the womb when he heard when um, Mary come um, to meet his mum. And he was uh, before they were both born, all right? And um, I remember, um, well, you know, we could have a different attitude. I, I think an attitude in the world, right, um, um, when you look at some weddings, you could even go on YouTube and look up best man speeches and these kind of things, okay? A lot of the, um, the speeches nowadays, they're funny and all that kind of thing, right? But they don't, they don't rejoice, <laughs> they don't rejoice with the groom. There seems to be this kind of uh, style nowadays that they just rip on the person and laugh at them and everybody laughs or whatever and it's like it's it's about the best man then <laughs> and about how funny his speech is but um it, the spirit that should be there like jesus is teaching here is, is just to rejoice and to be happy for that person um barry preached that um preached <laughs> he gave a speech when i got married and um he had some very kind words and um i, I was um very blessed um to hear um, what he had to say, and um, he, he uh, even gave a blessing on our marriage and things like that. If you, um, um, it, it was just a delight to hear him testify or to give his testimony, and um, I love him to bits. So um, th that sort of thing is what I'm thinking of here, and this is you find this here that John the Baptist is like that too. He's just super glad that Jesus is here, and that um, it's a very special time in history where Jesus become a man. Um, 
and uh, walk and minister on the earth, this very earth that we're on now. It's crazy. All right. And then he says, Jesus must be lifted up. So um, this basically was John's purpose in life. And it ought to be ours too. Um, if you were um, tuned into one of our Bible studies there, Bill mentioned um, 2 Timothy 3.2 um, in his message where um, he was speaking about men should be lovers of their own selves. Okay, And um, you know, today it's all too common for people to be lovers of their own selves. Okay, It's all about the kingdom of me and um, but how many uh, subscribers you have on YouTube or whatever. Okay. Um, and this, but this isn't the attitude of the Christian. Okay, this wasn't the attitude of John the Baptist. Okay, um, you know we need to look at how we live our lives from day to day, our thoughts, um, our actions, and we need to see: are, are we just striving for ourselves to increase? Are we trying to gather, as I said, to the kingdom of self? Um, because Jesus says in Luke eleven twenty three, he that gathereth not with me scattereth okay um, it, it's not got a good effect on um, people coming to Christ okay it's detrimental to that and um, you know if we are trying to increase and we are trying to gather unto ourselves the Bible tells, asks us what will it profit us if we gain the whole world um you know, while we're settling for fleeting joys and corruptible crowns, there are crowns of righteousness to be had. There are um, eternal souls to be delivered from the power of Satan and from all that darkness and to be turned unto light um, and to, um, to just be um, delivered from, from their sin and, and uh, ministered to in the, the really difficult things that they're going through. Um, and it's just such a pity that we would just get distracted and just be all about ourselves and not look around and see the incredible need that different people have, um, even though they're smiling and joyful with you and saying their day is going okay. Okay, so that's John the Baptist's answer to um, his disciples. Okay, <laughs> but, um, but he speaks more about Jesus, okay? And um, I'll just go through that a little bit. I'll leave those all up. Um, and we'll kind of crack through this. All right. So John speaks of Jesus. And he opens up his mouth. And he, he blesses his name. Okay. And again, this ought to be something um, um, that, that, that we, we ought to do. Okay. So he says, firstly, in verse 31. I'll read that there. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. Okay, so it might seem obvious there, this point, but Jesus is from heaven. Okay, not everyone believes that Jesus is from heaven. Some believe that he's just a good guy, or a prophet, um, and just that, or um, even just just a man, like um, like Moses or Abraham or like some other person, um, some pharaoh or some other, just some person, okay? Um, and and I don't know in the context here, he's just talking to his disciples, but we don't know if other people are around. But um, this 
saying that Jesus is from heaven is definitely a hard pill to swallow, okay, for the Jews. And, um, you know, later on when Jesus even subtly suggests that, they, they have a heart attack. <laughs> and um, they pretty much choke on that, that truth, okay. But, um, you know, John the Baptist doesn't really say it very simply. He says that he's above all. Not, on, not only is he from above, but he's above all, okay. So in human form, um, you know, we read in, in Hebrews 2.9, it says um, Jesus is a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Okay? Um, but of course we know that this is only temporary and that he's now seated at the right hand of God. Okay? So he's after sending up and he's back in heaven. Um, so Jesus is from heaven. Okay? And then in verse 32, John the Baptist says, Jesus speaks the truth. Right? So these are, these are truths that we ought to be sharing with other people as well. Um, you know, <laughs> you, could, you could start a, a conversation about Jesus really easily. Okay? Um, I find um, people are really shocked. You know, um, they, they curse and they say Jesus' name. <laughs> and then um, a lot of times I'll bring up and I'll say, um, what do you mean about Jesus or um, or you're thinking about him or <laughs> um, you know what do you want Jesus to do or these kind of things and they're kind of caught off guard because they're having another thought and they've just said this word out in vain and um, uh, it's kind of fun to bring that up people people don't like it too much but <laughs> but it can be fun and it's a way to um, swing from people into talk about spiritual things okay so um, Jesus is from heaven Jesus speaks the truth and what he had seen verse 32 and heard that he testified and no man received his testimony so um you know jesus words aren't to be considered on par with other sacred writings or religious works you know i had a friend and i gave him a bible and things and um he said i, I went through and i read anything that was written in red in the gospels he didn't want to hear anything else he just said i wanted to hear what jesus had to say <laughs> and um you know i had to i had to tell him like actually all of it, even the bits that aren't in red, are Jesus's words, <laughs> because one, Jesus is the word, but two, all of this is truth, and therefore all of this is um, the word of God made flesh, all right, or, <laughs> or the flesh made in word, whatever way you want to say it. Okay, so um, Jesus's words aren't just wise words, like you might look at uh, you know, all the ancient Greeks or Plato and Aristotle or you might look at all these like philosophical eggheads like uh, Bertrand Russell or uh, Friedrich Nietzsche and all these guys, okay? Um, the fact is that everything that Jesus says is the truth because Jesus never sinned, the Bible tells us, okay? And he never told a lie, all right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we often might just accidentally say something that's just totally and completely and utterly a lie, <laughs> but Jesus never, never lied in the slightest, okay? And his words don't just contain truth, they are truth, because he is the truth. Like I said there, he is the word of God, all right? And, and therefore, when you, when you believe Jesus, because he's speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you're believing God, okay? And then, um, um, it says there in verse 33, he that received his testimony had set to his seal that God is true. Okay? Um, 
So when you believe the truth and what it says about God and about you, you're, you're believing the right thing, okay? Rather than just trusting or believing in what you think yourself, okay? So um, that's Jesus speaks the truth. And then he goes on into the next one. Jesus was sent by God the Father, all right? So, um, you know, a lot of people think that the crucifixion things was like a tragedy and tragic thing and shouldn't have happened. But actually it was planned from the foundation of the world, okay? Um, Jesus said he didn't do anything of himself, okay? He was sent by the Father, sent to do. He had his missions, he had his orders, and he was just ticking the boxes, doing what the Father said that he ought to do. He says in John 5:19, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. So he didn't do anything of himself. He just did what the Father wanted him to do. He didn't say anything of himself, but what the Father would have him to say. John 12, 49 says, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Okay? And obviously the application there is that we should do likewise. Go and do thou likewise. All right? We should strive to, s to live the same way. And that's, what, that's why we're called Christians, right? Little Christs, Christ-like, godly, God-like. We, we ought to have those, those, um, those fruits, as it were, okay? And like the fruits of the Spirit um, in our lives. And when people look at our lives, by the grace of God, they would see something that it's good and positive because maybe they look through our works because we're just doing and saying whatever the Father would have us to do and say that Jesus will be lifted up and glorified, okay? And, and we're encouraged to do that. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. All right? And then um, some, we'll move on here, 35. Jesus is the Son of God. So here John the Baptist states that Jesus is the Son of God. I already mentioned that the whole point of um, the Gospel of John was to, to communicate that Jesus was the Son of God. But anyway, um, th this is definitely a, a key truth or a key doctrine, okay? Because um, you'll come across people like, um, um, for example, no Muslim can be saved by Allah. This is what I understand, okay? Because Allah doesn't have a son. Each Muslim must earn salvation for himself and also hope that everyone else forgives them um, in a judgment in the Muslim afterlife, okay? So um, I was up door knocking in Dublin many years ago and um, we actually disturbed a Muslim family in their prayer. They weren't upset or anything, but um, it was maybe it was sunset, I can't remember. And um, we talked at length and he, he told us some of these things saying that, you know, even if they did well and um, when they stand before judgment, w before Allah, Allah is just um, an Arabic name for God, before God, um, they would um, have to be forgiven or have to be, um, you know, yeah, forgiven by even others that they had sinned against around them um, at the judgment, like, you know, that they met in their life. And um, if the person decided to hold it against them, then it was held against them and th there was nothing that they could do. I just found that fascinating, okay? And there's a great book, um, um, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, I think it's called, by a guy named um, Na Nabil Qureshi. Qureshi. 
um, highly, highly recommended for you that you read that book. You know, even if you're not like, you know, um, specifically like I want specific answers about um, the Muslim faith or anything like that. Um, it's just a great book and a great read. Um, uh, Nabil, he's after passing away already, but um, uh, w wonderful, wonderful uh, testimony and story. All right, so I, I'll leave that there. Um, so whereas we trust in Jesus, you know, uh, as opposed to the Muslims, the son of the God of the Bible, and, and you know, we're not hoping that everybody forgives us so we can get into heaven as well as God forgiving us. We receive forgiveness because Jesus took the sin of the whole world upon himself and he, he nailed it to the cross, okay? So when he died with our sins upon him, our sins died, okay? Um, and this is great. Um, Romans 5. Turn to Romans 5 here. Romans 5 verses 9 and 10. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Remember John the Baptist was, saying, uh, was preaching, flee from the wrath to come, warning them to flee from the wrath to come. Um, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. All right? That's a great verse. So, Jesus died and he took our sins put our sins to death through his death okay but because Jesus rose from the dead to die no more we can have eternal life and never never perish um, because he defeated death um, here I'll do John John 10 28 there's a few more scriptures and we're done here John 10 28 says and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And he says in verse 30, I and my Father are one. All right? So in the last verse here in John 3, we'll wrap up with that. Um, so um, I'll just finish what we hadn't read. For he whom God had sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him, um, yeah, that's saying there that um, Jesus was also 100% the Holy Spirit. But anyway, um, the Father loved the Son, verse 35, and had given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, verse 36. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Okay? So we have other verses that go along with that. Jesus alone saves and gives everlasting life. Okay, there's nothing that we can add to that, nothing that we could take away. That's why we say things like sola scriptura. And um, okay, so um, I'm in the book of Acts says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Okay, so you know, if you've already been saved, you should lift up your hearts with thanks to God. And um, just be forever grateful. Um, just, you know, just be thankful without ceasing, I guess I could say, okay? And, and obviously this verse is saying here, if you're not saved, you desperately need salvation before it's eternally too late, okay? Um, 
So uh, even in somewhere else it says in First Thessalonians 1, 10, Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. You know, <laughs> I knocked on the door one time and, um, I, you know, you get in, into the uh, into a, f uh, a habit of saying, you know, maybe a certain amount of the same thing when you get from door to door to open up a conversation or just as an introduction, hi, my name is John, I'm from the Bible Baptist Church. Um, we're in the area giving out these gospel tracts, or we, we might say something like that, okay? But for some reason, I hit some sort of a blank on my my rote words, <laughs> my uh, habitual words, and uh, uh, the guy opened the door, and he was just looking at me, and I said um, something along the lines of, um, we're just out um, warning people to flee from the wrath to come. <laughs> and I don't know why I said it, and the guy just like eyeballed me, and he was like, the wrath to come, is it? And I said... I was kind of surprised I said it too, or whatever, you know, just out of the blue. Um, I think that's why they call um, this thing called cold calling. It's a word there. Um, and he just said, right. And I said, I said yes. And, and he said, okay. And he just closed the door. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, uh, when I stand before God, at least I can say I warned somebody, you know, I warned him um, that I didn't keep silent about it, okay? So um, Jesus does deliver us from the wrath to come. And that, um, and that it says in verse 36 that even the wrath is abiding on an unsaved person right now. Okay, so you know, as I said earlier, the challenge is to go and do likewise. Okay, John was challenged, and we talked there about the questions and the, the the difficulties of finding answers to those questions, and the more questions that grow from that. Okay, um, we ought to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Same way John was challenged and he had an answer. He was ready to give an answer um, and he was ready to lift Jesus Christ up high. Okay? Um, so that's our second point here. John answered and he obeyed and, and he didn't um, just fob it off and say, you know, um, um, I don't have anything to say to you. Go talk to the pastor or something like that. And that's a fine thing to say. Well, we ought to have an answer because that person in the in the period of time after we've met them, they might not go and they might not ask somebody else. They asked us and, um, you know, it, it's um, something we ought to take seriously. And then John spoke of Jesus and the challenge is, are we speaking of Jesus? And, you know, it's a lot easier to speak about, you know, um, the things of the world, the things that are going on right now, um, things that naturally come to us, okay? But, um, um, when we're doing that hopefully we're not quenching the spirit and feeling like we ought to be talking about other things but um, you know um, I definitely have times in my life when I know the spirit was prompting me to speak up and to say something and I've kept quiet and uh, I can remember like, those, those times are quite vivid in my mind and they're things I'm not proud of and I know it's but I'm just saying that to say that I know it's easy to do but, um, uh, you know, when we're full of the Spirit, God can give us that courage that we don't have to speak up and um, that strength that we don't have and that wisdom we don't have that can come from God's Word um, as long as we're walking in the light as He is in the light. So I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time we get to spend in your Word. I pray, Lord, that it was a challenge to all of us. I pray, Lord, that um, you would help us to... Um, just be less like ourselves and become more like you. I uh, pray you'd speak to us when we're in your word. And I pray um, 
when we're praying, Lord, that you, our prayers wouldn't be hindered, Lord, that there would be nothing standing in between us, Lord, nothing um, that we're holding on to, Lord, that might um, um, stop us, Lord, from um, just giving you the glory and the honor that you deserve from opening our mouths, Lord, and, and um, giving people some answers to questions, really important questions that they have, Lord, and um, Lord, to be able to minister, um, not only to and edify other believers, Lord, but to help those who are just in such deep need, Lord. Um, as the word says here with John the Baptist, Lord, that the wrath of God abides on them, Lord. And I pray that um, we would um, just lovingly seek to um, give them the gospel, Lord, to answer their questions, that they might um, come to the knowledge um, of you as their Lord and Saviour. So we pray for these things, Lord, and I pray that you bless our week ahead of us. And we're excited, Lord, for um, uh, the changes that are going to be happening as of tomorrow as well. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you again, hopefully, right here, bodily, next week. <laughs>